Welcome to the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. I'm Ellen McElhenney, owner of CFO Plus Services at CFOPlusServices.com. We help small business owners increase the value of their businesses. Stay tuned and after the show, you will see how you can be one of the next guests on the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. So welcome to the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. I'm Ellen McElhenney, and today I have Axel Meyerhofer, and he is with, uh, he's the founder of Ideal, Ideal Wealth Grower, and he's from San Diego, California. And Axel, welcome today, and maybe you can just give a broader introduction of yourself. Yeah, thank you, Ellen, and thanks for having me. Well, Broader introduction, the accent that you hear is originally from Germany. I came over many, many years ago with the Air Force to to do some flying for the U.S. Air Force and and some other things, and then retired from the Air Force. And the question was, do you go home back to Europe or do I stay? And I had really good offers initially for a job in Santa Barbara, which is what brought me to California. And so I took that offer and did that job for four years and then started uh, my own business. Um, in real estate investing, consulting, those kind of things. And yeah, out of that came Idea Wealth Grower. And the idea of Idea Wealth Grower as, as like the, the big scheme, big goal is helping others help themselves become successful on the path to shorten the time to retirement. Or if you're already kind of getting close to retirement, what can you do for a long-term investment strategy that generates passive income. And, and one of the things that I'm always trying to, to point out is, and even wrote a manual about and all that kind of stuff, is that it really has a lot to do with your mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if you'd like to talk about that a little bit, but mindset is, is I believe, a really important point. And the other part, the second component is goal setting. And so what we then do with those two things in mind is that I'm mentoring um, our clients step by step into, for one, gaining the necessary knowledge, developing that mindset of confidence and creating your own future, and then actually take the extra steps together initially and then more and more independent to get to what we call the time freedom point where your cash flow and passive income is such that you can basically pay for all your life expenses without having to have a job. Oh, wow. Wonderful. Uh, So I know the longer you have to prepare for retirement, the better. So what is your, what is your target market um, age and demographic? And well, what we found is there are basically two groups and it might sound a little bit unusual, but the one group are people who you know, would probably consider themselves millennials, maybe some Gen Z people involved. Or if you put uh, ages on that, that's probably between 30 and 45 right now, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little younger too. And there, the whole idea of like, when I u- use my own history, um, and I don't know if that jives with your history, it's always been okay, you find either a job or a profession or something that you want to do out of college, And yes, you might go from company to company or organization to organization, but ultimately you have a pretty lengthy multi-decades horizon to to get to whatever definition of 
retirement you're comfortable with. And I believe in my daughter being one, one of the people in that generation, that notion that that is how life is supposed to be is no longer really as strong as at least it was given to me by my parents, I would say. And so that is the one group that really says, okay, I don't mind working and I don't even mind working hard, but I don't want to work, work hard until I'm 67 or whatever the government says when we're supposed to retire now, <laughs> right? And then the other group is people who are getting pretty close, I would say 55 and older, who may have 401k plans or other savings or other things that they have done. They might have a stock market portfolio and they're seeing all this, this uh, volatility, right? Mm -hmm. And they have probably seen in the past, like around 2000 when the dot-com bubble burst and they had their 401ks and they suddenly lost 40%. And then again in 2008, everything mm -hmm. went haywire and on paper, it looked like they lost another 20, 25%. And so now everybody is talking like recession and, and deflation and these hor horrible terms. And they wonder, I believe, at least for what I get as feedback, how long would it take me if we really have a pretty bad situation for a few years and then I want to retire? Will I be in a position where I have the right kind of positioning and investments Mm -hmm. do not have to worry for for the rest of my life so to speak right and that's the two groups and that's why i'm saying value investing and what i've been doing since i left the, the military has allowed me and i try to help as many people as possible to also allow them to have these value investments that are not dependent on government or pension or stock markets or anything like that so, so tell me a, a little bit about the value investments is that real estate is that um um, special kinds of, of stocks or bonds? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say right now, my weighing is obviously mine and everybody else can can come up with their own. My weighing is 70% real estate and the mm -hmm. remaining 30% dif differentiated in, in other uh, value assets. And I actually, to some extent, consider cash in a way as a value asset, even though you could argue it's not really a true value asset because it at least loses purchasing power mm -hmm. but the, if you want to be able to make investments you always need to have a certain amount of cash and the more volatile and the more like inflationary recessionary the overall situation gets i think the better it is to have a, a certain amount of cash maybe a little bit bigger amount available mm -hmm. so i'm recommending right now 10 percent cash 10 percent in gold and silver coins and then the remaining 10% is basically whatever you want to play with. You know, you can do gotcha. crypto or you can do um, what I am now recommending for our investors is to do what's called tokenized fractional real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And I, I can tell you a little more about it if, if you want, because sure. it's kind of like the book ends, right? If you think about somebody wants to do something in real estate investment, but doesn't have a good chunk of money available yet. Mm -hmm. It always used to be that people said, well, until I have 15, 20, $30,000 to actually make my first investment purchase, and that makes total sense because houses are like 120, 150, 200, stuff like that, and you need to put 20%, I can't really participate. And what has now in the last few years evolved, I was pretty early on because a friend of mine started a company that does this, is to say, well, how about we find a property that is in a good location where we can get good market rents 
and we can buy it for a good price. And instead of either you, Ellen, or me owning it outright, how about we buy it and then create an LLC, a company that owns mm -hmm. this property, and then we sell the shares of the company to a bunch of people. And if the property is performing well, then a lot of people would be interested to participate in that performance. Mm -hmm. And so what, what this uh, fractional real estate investing actually does, the way I do it and recommend it to, to my clients is every share costs 50 bucks. So now why am I saying it's like capstones on the, on the process is if you are in this phase where you're saying, well, I have 10,000, but I know I need 20,000 to do my first investment. Well, at any increment of $50, you can already start investing. You're investing in the same thing I would and do teach our clients. What are all the things to evaluate? Which one of those properties that are being offered are good ones, medium ones, maybe not so good ones aligned with our goal to reach that time freedom point I mentioned earlier. And so with that, you can say, okay, well, how much can I actually pay myself first? And I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but I always say you should determine, number one, that you take 10% of what you have net coming in and pay yourself first. So if you get $3,500 in, take $350 away from that and pay yourself first. And then the question becomes, well, where do I put it? Right. And so that would be seven shares in one of those properties. Hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, pro the whole profit first. Um, right, exactly. Theory. And those seven shares, they basically give you partial ownership in that house. And every day you get paid partial rent according to your partial ownership. So your seven shares get a little bit like one cent or two cents of rent every day. Now, every day is kind of important because you might at some point, maybe a year later, say, now I have my 20000 Now I want to do my investment. Normally, real estate is always kind of not liquid. It's kind of like a process, hundreds of page, mm -hmm. pages to sign if you want to buy something. In this fractional real estate, since you own shares in a company, you can sell those shares every day. The only thing that was always in the way is what about taxes and insurance and rent and that stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, this particular platform that I'm working with, they literally pay you the rent, which includes everything that is otherwise related to real estate every day. So if you say, okay, today is Tuesday, on Friday, I want to sell my fractions that I have in these five different little companies to get the money out and make my first full investment, you can do this literally every day. So it is a form of making the, the investment liquid. And Here's where the capstone part comes in. So the one is what we just discussed, people don't have quite enough yet to actually make an investment. So they're accumulating with these 300, 400, $250 a month, pay yourself first in investments. Now, when you actually get to the point that you bought your first or maybe your second property, you're doing this to get cash flow out of it. Mm -hmm. Right, So you get rent and from the rent, you pay your mortgage and your insurance and your property tax and your, your maintenance uh, for, the, uh, for the property management and all that kind of stuff. But you wouldn't do it if you don't have on a normal property, let's say between $200 and $300 left over at the end of the month. Right. Well, guess where that goes? That's the next three or four shares of the next property. So you're paying yourself for first when you're in the accumulation phase and you would keep doing that. And then when your investments start paying, you pay that again into that, which if you really think about pay yourself first plus the cash flow flowing in, it accelerates the ability 
to get to your second and your third and your fourth and and so forth investments. Hmm. That's an interesting. So that's concept. you know why why the why I like it so much because these fifty dollar pop share you can literally buy one share for fifty dollars and own mm -hmm. like fifty dollars worth of that house or any other number that is divisible by fifty. And what's really really cool if you think this through a little further, right? Let's say like in my case, I use this as my reserve, and right now I have about somewhere around twenty thousand dollars worth of these fractional piece across a whole bunch of properties because they pay rent every day. Like about every 10, 20 days, I have at least $50. Now it's more like every 20 days, I have $100 of rent that have accumulated. Mm -hmm. So guess what I do with that? I buy two more shares or one more share and two more shares and so forth. So then you have the rent that you bought shares with that pays you rent that you buy more shares with that pays you rent that you know you see how this works like a yeah waterfall. that's interesting so that's basically one <clears throat> way to really get started and going back to your question you know this is what one of the things where i'm saying we no longer really have to exclude anybody mm -hmm. and i want to be a messenger to hopefully your audience to say guys don't get fooled by the media that keeps trying to portray real estate investing as something that only works when you already have twenty or thirty thousand dollars, and they do that, that's right. that's for sure. And and when when you wonder, you know, why did I say gold and silver coins? Well, a gold coin, a one ounce coin, right now is eighteen hundred bucks. Not everybody has like tons of eighteen hundred mm -hmm. bucks worth multiples laying around, but you can get a silver coin, a one ounce silver coin, for twenty dollars, or maybe even eighty. I don't know what the today's exchange. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you say, okay, well, I get first a certain amount of silver coins and I get a certain amount of gold coins for those 10% within the overall value asset portfolio. And why would you have those? And I hope you don't mind me using a little bit of a stronger language. If shit really goes down the drain with this economy and inflation and stuff like that, and the dollar and what have you, the thing that has been true over thousands of years is you could always take your gold and silver coins and turn them into money again. Right. That's and true. The more, the more the situation gets bad, the more these things will mm -hmm. in value. Right. And nobody goes around like, let's say the gold coin goes to 5,000 just for a crazy scenario. You wouldn't go and, and buy milk with one ounce gold coin, but you would probably go and the silver coin might be $50 by then mm -hmm. and say, okay, I buy my groceries with the silver coin or the equivalent <laughs> of it. Right. So there's a little bit of thought. Now, some of your listeners might say, well, re should I really have coins? Couldn't I just get an ETF or some certificate and stuff? And I'm always a little bit afraid. You can call it <laughs> paranoid that those kind of things that you don't really have ownership of that you can't go and touch mm -hmm. or open your safe and take out and hold it for a moment that quote-unquote authorities or governments can always come in and say okay yes it's on paper but you know like for example we have just seen if you're russian you suddenly don't own anything anymore you don't uh, have to participate you're right that, you know <laughs> if your citizenship is russian you're just evil now and we take everything that you own yeah. right so I rather have them, okay, take everything that you can get your hands on, but my coins are my coins and my houses mm -hmm. are my houses. <laughs> you that's, know, right. So. that's right. That's right. So, that tangible thing there. Yeah. And that's why I say that's, 
you know, in a sense, one of the many values in value investing and value assets is that you can typically touch the thing. That's, that's amazing. Quite, yeah. I, and I'm thinking apply. more and more like that yeah. as time goes by because yeah. things are a little crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The only thing I have to say, because I'm, I am not really into crypto, but Bitcoin is the only crypto that I think is actually a real value asset, but it's not really something you can touch. So I have to give that little caveat, but everything else, whether it's cash or real estate or silver and gold coins, and some people like to do things like watches or, you know, collectible whiskey or stuff. Those are mm-hmm. these last 10% that I said that you can play with, you know, whatever's your fancy, <laughs> play with it. And if, the, if that, that proverbial brown stuff gets really bad, you just drink the whiskey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or the wine or whatever. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so um, how did you get into doing all this? This is interesting stuff. Well, it started out basically, like I mentioned, uh, I retired from the Air Force after 22 years in 2001. And um, if you think about it, 2001, two, when I was kind of, okay, I'm becoming a civilian now. How is my life going to look like as a civilian? I also realized, okay, I, I was more pessimistic than I should have probably been, but I wasn't sure that there would be social security or any kind of government mm-hmm. retirement plan by the time I retired, knowing that my generation is going to be millions of people retiring pretty much all together. And I'm still not convinced that the government is really planned for that. You know, so I don't think they have. No, no, I agree with you. So <laughs> what happened is in 2002, three, when I really got into, okay, well, so I'm working for a company, they were offering some kind of like 401k equivalent. And you have to keep in mind that was exactly when the dot-com bubble burst and everybody and their and their cat lost like 60, 70, 80% oh, yeah. of their value, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, okay, do I really want to take this risk? Now, keep in mind, I wasn't 20 or 30 at the time. I was <clears> in my 40s when I retired from the Air Force, right? So I, I said, you know what? I need to find something that is not what I consider as risky. And I started to look around. I've said this on several podcasts. What actually struck me, I was, as I said, in Santa Barbara. And I don't know if you remember, those were the times when Arnold Schwarzenegger was still more an actor than a politician. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, okay, what kind of names of famous people do I know and want to find out what they do? Mm -hmm. And I found out at the time that Arnold had taken a lot of the money that he had made in the movies and invested in real estate in California to the tune of becoming one of the biggest private real estate uh, owners at the time. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's yeah, I, I, I didn't either, but it kind of tickled me a little bit, right? To mm-hmm. say, okay, let me look into this a little further. And then I found out, oh, okay. So if you renovate a property, you can get into tax abatement. If you actually um, make the property available to underprivileged communities, you get federal help plus state help. Um, and not notwithstanding the fact that these properties obviously in California are increasing in value and have always increased in value. Mm-hmm. It's not a straight line, but you know, right. Um, so over time, and then you can basically write them off over 27 and a half. And it kept piling on and this benefit and this benefit and this benefit. So to me, I thought, well, how much, like I came from the stock market uh, mindset how much mm-hmm. are they gaining per year? And then, it, okay, you have inflation, you have write-off, you have tax abatement, you have 
appreciation and all those things. And by the way, this is ultimately how the name Idea Wealth Goa came together, because ideal is a good word, but it's also we're using it as an abbreviation. So the I stands for in, um, income. Where does your cash flow income come from? The D is the depreciation that the government allows you to write off on the value of the asset. The E is the equity, which is the, the, the money, the 20% that you start out with. Right? Then the A. Ellen McElhenney here. Thank you for listening to the Scaling for Business Growth podcast. If you are a successful small business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit go.cfoplusservices.com slash podcast hyphen guest. If you like this episode, would you please share it on your social media or just do a screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. If you know someone who would like to be a guest on the show, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag the Scaling for Growth podcast. I look forward to seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. Please subscribe so you won't miss one. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews will help promote the show, and that would mean so much to us. If you want more information about us, go to our website at cfoplusservices.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, CFO Plus Services, or Instagram, at CFO Plus Services. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.